Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us for this next episode of Myths and Stories. Uh, tonight, we're going to ta- be talking about uh, kind of random things. Yeah. Randomness, go. <laughs> so, um, it's going to be a little different so, episode tonight. Yeah, um, I am assuming I am in the same boat as some of our lovely listeners out there. Um, my collector's edition still hasn't showed up. <laughs> so, uh, we're the night before launch, and we kind of don't have much to talk about, but that's okay. Uh, Myth, on the other hand, does have his. Uh, so we have a little bit to talk about there. Uh, and we're gonna, we, we also have a, uh, uh, a little bit of insight to a video that, uh, Azcross with Mylan Games, and I can't remember the other person that's on there. Uh, Myth, do you remember the, the third person that was in on their call? Uh, I don't, unfortunately. Who is not a content creator I was familiar with, um, so his, I, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I'll try and see if okay. I can find that. Actually, okay. Well, it was, it, as as crosses was the stream that I was personally watching uh, when he did it live, and I believe this was last Wednesday that they did it. Uh, and so he had a bunch of questions for for Mylan, uh, which for those of you that don't know, Mylan uh, curated the first three grimoires. Um, so yeah, he's super super cool guy, super chill guy. Um, uh, from from what I've seen of him, I, I I don't know him personally, but as as far as what I've seen in in his in his videos and the stuff that he's done uh, as a content creator, he is absolutely fantastic. Uh, so if y'all don't know about him. Mylan Games, go check him out. He's really cool. Yeah, uh, it uh, was Noja, I believe, is, is Noja. Yep, N O H J A. Um, so he was a Robert Noja as well. No. Uh. <laughs> so another quick uh, thing that I want to bring to everyone's attention, if in case they're not already aware, uh, if you're listening to us, I assume it's because you are interested in Destiny lore and you stumbled upon us somewhere. Uh, so you probably already know of a, you know, very small niche YouTuber by the name of My Name Is Bife. Uh, oh yeah, that Bife guy too. has just as of today uh, put out a fantastic video um, that he and a large number of artists and uh, like mocap and um, you know art as far as uh concept art and and production and 3d modeling and animation all this huge breadth of people voice actors and actresses uh have put together what is essentially a movie uh by the name of dynasty and it is the complete story of uh the books of sorrow um I have not gotten through all of it because it's highly more in depth yeah because it's two hours long plus hours for us uh as as Zora draws comparisons, um, but uh, yeah, it, it it's really fun to go. I'm go not watch saying ours see. is better. It's just longer. It's just longer. I. That's what she said. Already, already. Yay! <laughs> but no. So if you're interested in that, or if you heard some of our stuff about Books of Sorrow and thought that sounded really cool, you can now have like kind of a visual aid for what was going on. Um, and they did a really cool job, and a lot of people poured a lot of work into that. So that's another one. A lot of work poured into it is uh, yeah. is worth yeah. checking out. Definitely way higher production value than our little three four man crew here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But 
so myth uh do you want to start with uh the video breakdown or do we want to start tearing into this uh collector's edition so uh let's start with um kind of a a breakdown slash our theories uh with some of the major questions that i saw in mylan and astrocross and uh noja's video um okay and then after that we'll start talking about collector's edition stuff uh this is your warning there will be spoilers about some of the items and text in the collector's edition we will i'll give another warning before we actually start reading any of that but just so you know, that is going to be in this episode. Uh, so if this you don't want it, it, spoilers abound. You'll you'll have, we'll give you the chance to avoid it. Turn turn back now, guardian. <laughs> You've hit you you you're let's see you're uh, you're in a turn back zone right now. Um, the timer is at zero, so be prepared to either jump back or press forward and get past the death wall and then glide off into the nether. Yes. So first, we're going to talk about uh, Mylan's video and and what this was. Uh, Mylan has a uh, series on YouTube that he calls Destiny 2 Lore School. And he's done a couple of these actually now uh, with a number of different content creators in the Destiny community. And it's usually like an hour and a half uh, to two hours of him sitting down with the content creator and saying, ask me anything and yeah i will provide whatever answer i can uh in regards to the destiny lore and uh i'm not going to go through every single question that uh Azcross and noja had because some of them are more relevant than others i think um yeah but the one the first one that really stuck out to me in particular uh, because I think we have a different view than what Mylan does, um, yes. or, or what was presented in that is, did the God Wave happen? Uh, that was that was one when I was watching the video. I I almost wanted to go back and and listen to our our own podcast when we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Did we have a definitive answer there? So we don't have a definitive answer of if it happened or not, and that's because the characters in the game do not have a definitive answer of if it happened or not. Um, so to, to give a little context for anyone that has not listened to or, or is not familiar with the Books of Sorrow, uh, the God Wave... The, the other eight episodes. Yeah, the, the Hive uh, started as a species called the Krill. They lived on a world called Fundament, and the God Wave was uh, essentially a, a cataclysm where all the moons of their world lined up in a straight line and that created so much gravitational force in one direction that it was literally stretching their ocean towards those moons and then when those moons uh, alignment drifted apart and that gravity was released all of that water that had kind of stretched you know now comes rushing back to its original shape creating a a tsunami essentially that and was going to end all life on the world uh, that they called the God Wave. Now, similar, similar to what we described in, in uh, what happened to Titan, except for Titan. I, now, I, I don't know if it was the entire moon of Titan when, when it happened when, for the last days of Kraken Mare, or if it was just 
the ocean. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at some of those for for Titan um, to to see. But for anyone that doesn't know, as far as a physics standpoint, the moon, and, and this is very true for our moon uh, here on Earth, the moon is everything in the everything in our known universe has gravity to it because gravity is a it is a product of mass and uh, force. Gravity is a force. Mass and acceleration. Yep, that's what it is. FMA force equals mass times acceleration. Uh, so so gravity is a force itself, and so since anything that since it is a product of something that has mass, essentially anything that has math has gravity. That could be an an, an inferred statement there. Um, so our moon ha- and 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 distance is also uh, um, part of it too. So the the closer two objects get together, they the the more gravity that will be exerted between the two, and and the inverse is also true. Um, but because it has mass, it can never the gravity can never reach zero. From that point of view, when you look at our Earth and our Moon, our Moon controls the tides, and the way it does that is as it goes around our Earth, it creates uh, low tide and high tide. It is literally sucking the ocean one direction or another by by way of the gravity of the Moon. So if, if the cool little fun science fact there, if 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 you didn't know how tides worked. That's literally why we on Earth experience high tide and low tide. Imagine that times 52. So let's say the difference between low tide and high tide is 500 feet. Well, if we multiply that times 52, now we're talking a couple miles. You know, mm-hmm. so it, that's that, that kind of gives you a scale of, of an idea of what this tsunami was like when all of these moons lined up on one side of a planet and all of that gravitational, because gra- the gravitational force would be compounded, right? Like it's, it's because it's a mathematical equation that they, they can be compounded. And obviously there's all sorts of other fun stuff to be put in there too. But those, all those moons being on one side of fundament was what sucked all, basically sucked all the water to one side because of gravity. And then when, as they come out of alignment, now it all goes back. And the worm gods underneath were saying that because of the traveler, because now there's a 52nd moon or a 53rd moon, um, I can never remember if there was 51 plus the traveler or 52 plus the traveler, um, that that extra amount of gravity was enough to cause this wave to literally kill everything on the planet. Well, I don't, I don't think that's exactly what they were saying. I think uh, what they, so uh, the, the, Osmium King, the father of uh, Oryx Savathun and, and Shivu Arath, when they were still the Krill, um, had had seen that these planet that these moons were all going to align, uh, and he had said that this is these are unnatural orbits, like these should never line up, and the fact that they right. are lining That's up right. uh, seems to indicate that some outside force has has caused them to do this uh gotcha. now the worm gods then were saying you know essentially yep the the traveler is doing that uh to wipe out all life on this planet because um yeah the, it was theorized and i think mylan uh said this as well in his video that the the theory that the worm gods are saying the traveler's trying to wipe out all life so that 
none of the races here can can free us can potentially you know free the, us the worm gods uh he's sacrificing all you know he the traveler is sacrificing all of those yeah. lives just to try and prevent them from escaping uh, i love how we just automatically identify the traveler as a male figure but we don't know how the traveler self-identifies right i mean it, it who knows um could could be neither. Uh, it's hey, it's twenty twenty two. That traveler could be anyone he wants. Yep, that's right. But uh, now going back to that—that's the general situation, and that—that's how things were explained to the hive when they met with the worm gods, and they were uh, the worm gods confirmed for them that this this great catastrophe, this god wave, was going to happen, and they blamed it all on the traveler. Yep. Uh. And and it's, it, essentially, that's what a lot of stuff in this game has come down to, too, is something has happened, and one side, be it the light or the dark, has blamed the other side for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Mylan's explanation to Aztecross, uh he said, and I believe he had to, to send this one to his chat um, to get yep. a... Uh, a definitive answer when whenever it's not something that he knowledge he readily has available he defers to his chat which has a number of of notable um you know lore enthusiasts as well uh and the answer that he gave was was that uh yes the god wave had happened um and that the the traveler uh you know by by the accounts we knew uh, was willing to kill and had killed anything and everything on Fundament that didn't escape before the God Wave uh, in an attempt to keep the worms there. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. Uh, okay. It is certainly a possibility, but I don't think it lines up with some of the other things that we discussed in our Books of Sorrow uh, series. So the the two pieces to that that I I uh, think there are some alternative explanations for. Um, the first one is that it was caused by the traveler. I don't think personally. I do not think that's the case. Um, I think I'm with you on this idea. I think the I, traveler. I think the traveler. I I don't want to say stands for good and stands for light because again that's the whole. That's literally the whole thing we're trying to figure out right now is light and dark, good and bad. It, there is no one side to it. But I, I think the Traveler would not want to destroy that many lives. No, and I also think that uh, the, the Traveler was either unaware or, and th- this is kind of a new theory, um, was either unaware of the different species on Fundament or just hadn't gotten to them yet uh because as like as we know idea. it in this point in time um where these moons are, are lining up the traveler is currently orbiting or or not orbiting but is on one of those moons uh and is providing you know support to uh one of the the species that are on that moon um is this is this this is the one that we theorized was the fallen yeah, the the because they refer to them as uh like crustacean or, or cephalopods, um, yeah. which 
I, I think we're kind of of two minds on if that's the fallen or not. I'm more of the opinion it's likely not, but we, we've talked I, about I, that. I I think it is. And and until I'm I'm going to argue the point of until I'm proven otherwise, it is the fallen. Yeah. But uh so the the traveler was on this planet helping this this race, uh, you know, giving them support in some way. Um, they were certainly much more technologically advanced than anyone else uh, in the system. Um, it might have been a case where the traveler was helping them out and, you know, was just kind of working its way down the habitated worlds uh, that are in that were in that system. Uh, right. That would also line up for me with what the Leviathan was saying uh, that, you know, don't give in to the dark. We, you know, the path to the light is harder, but the path to the path, uh, of the light will be, you know, will be the one that that you find more fulfillment in, that you find more, uh, is more effective in the long run. Uh, yeah, that might have been the Leviathan saying, like, you three sisters will not live to see it, but if if you turn away from the darkness your people will be uplifted by the traveler when it gets to when it gets here right so all that is to say that uh Mylan's answer was that yep the, the traveler most likely created the syzygy um and i think the worm gods are the ones that created this lining of the moons uh, and I think I, I say that for two reasons. Ooh. One. So maybe it's not like a one part thing. Yeah. One, we know that the worm gods have some control over gravitational force that they have been able to pull other worlds into fundament, uh, specifically to strand the survivors there with the hope that one of those surviving species will then find them and release them. So they've already shown that they have the power to manipulate celestial bodies outside of fundament. Right. Additionally, they used the fact that this God wave and the syzygy were happening as their main reason as to why, uh, and Oryx and, uh, Shiva wrath should, uh, should align with them, should take the deal of, of you know, symbiosis with the worms. Uh, they use like, that as I their I like where this theory is point. going. Like, I, I, I like the idea that it's, it's not one-sided. It's, it, it was neither the light nor the, nor the darkness that caused the syzygy. It, it was, you know, the, the one showing up in the system is not a definitive, hey, look, that's why this happened. And the other one being there is like, no, we did it. They they were the bad guys the whole time. I like this idea. I really do. So I'm I'm thinking that the, the syzygy, whether it was going to happen or not, um, the, the god wave, I should say, uh, to, I'm saying the worms made that alignment happen. They made the moons alignment. They made the alignment with, of the moons happen. Yeah, with the intention of... Because from the worm's perspective, they're forcing the hand of the species that are already there to look for some kind of out. Uh, and right. they're using that as kind of the, the sword of Damocles over these sisters as they're negotiating this, this need for symbiosis to, for them to continue, for their people to continue living. 
So here's here's a here's an interesting thought then. Do the worm gods have the same powers or or affiliations as the sisters? That is to say, is there a worm god of knowledge? Is there a worm god of deceit? There's a, there worm a worm god, god, of, god of secrets. Akka was the god of secrets. Holy shit, you're right. Uh, I I would have to look and see if the others are classified as things. I know um, Yule introduces themselves as the Honest Worm, but I don't know if there if there are other titles. We know that Zol was the Will of Thousands, whatever that means. Right. Uh, so I I do, but I do think the worms have to operate within certain parameters because when Oryx faced Akka. Akka wasn't allowed to tell a lie. Right. Uh, like that, like he, Akka would be defeating themselves by telling a lie because they are the worm of secrets. Um, right. Or maybe it was telling the truth. I, I, one or the other, like he had very set parameters on what he could or could not say. Otherwise, like it would undo his very nature. Um, right. So all of that is to say, my, my theory on the God Wave is that the worms are the ones that cause the syzygy uh, with the intention of using it to force one of the species on the planet to find them and free them out of desperation for survival. And the other thing... And, in, and inherently point at the traveler and go, look at this big bad thing. Right. It gives them the opportunity to say, hey, look, there's the boogeyman. We want to help you. And you have a, you have a, a clock running on whether or not you decide to, to let us help you. Um, God, this is, this is super, like I, like, I like all of this. All of this, to me, makes a lot more sense than, than, than just a straightforward, did the synergy happen, did it not happen? So the, the one thing that we don't know is did the god wave happen uh and why we ah. and what i what i uh you know the the planets never aligned while the krill were there they just all of their orbits were suggesting that they were going to align at some point um and i'm wondering because f- farther into the books of sorrow uh, we have a, a line from Oryx, I believe it was Oryx, uh, who is kind of ruminating on what to do. Uh, or maybe, maybe it was Savathun. I'm f- I, I tried to find it. I know I read it in one of our previous episodes. Um, and That's I, okay. I'm I, struggling. I keep having that, uh, that, that unfortunate side effect of... of data in data out yeah and and it doesn't it doesn't want to stick for some damn reason well there's there's a lot of data flowing as we're doing these as well so it's hard to keep track of everything um but there there was a line by either oryx or savathun i i forget which one that was essentially kind of ruminating on the idea of uh what what do i do now that i'm so powerful um yeah and one of the things that, that they said was, you know, maybe I should return to Fundament and see what's left of it, uh, to see what the aftermath of the God Wave looks like. Oryx uh, did this, because this is where Oryx was like, nah, I'm good. 
Yeah, and then ultimately decided that no, I'm not. That's going backwards. I can't go backwards. Yeah. I can only go forward, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I think it was Oryx. Now that you say that, um, which implies to me that they don't know what the outcome of the God Wave was. That they left right. Fundament before it happened and have never have never looked back. Have never gone to see. Did the God Wave even happen? Like, did the Syzygy even ever line up or now after the worms got their deal and you know had had the hive as their minions did they did they not bother did they not see a need for it um so i mean it there there's i i guess there's an argument to be made either, either way like one is do they look at their past self and and want to go back or do they just say nah fuck that we're good we got the worms we're invincible we're mortal who cares what happened back there? Yeah. But so my answer to the, the question of did the God wave happen would be it was likely caused by the worms or the threat of it was caused by the worms so that they could point the finger at the traveler and have a ticking time bomb to force people to make decisions. And we don't know if the wave itself actually happened because after the hive left, no one's cared to go back to Fundament. Yeah. Uh, which would be super interesting to go back to at so, some point. Well, and okay, so this is going to tie into some of the things that we've seen with Witch Queen and, and some of the stuff they brought up in the video. Uh, when we're looking, I, I, so when we're looking at some of the scenes that, are being, that were shown off in the Vidoc and the little trailer for Witch Queen, mm -hmm. we're looking at an ocean with an island on it. And, yes. and at one point in time, we see two of the sisters, um, Alrosh and uh, Shiro, uh, uh, pre-Hive-E, um, and then the island. And then in the, in the sky, you can see multiple, multiple something, multiple spheres, which we are assuming are moons. Um, mm -hmm. And if we're assuming that those are moons and that there are multiple of them, this is in turn causing us as the player to assume that we are looking at fundament. Um, and then it flashes to um, another uh, um, hive holding a, a, a worm carcass, which has been theorized to be Savathun holding the white worm familiar from her dad. Yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of subscribe to those theories as well. I, th I think that's true, with, with another moon in the back that looks like uh possibly the traveler. Yeah. Now the thing that I think we should so my... remember about those scenes uh is that prior immediately prior to them showing us they show that like Ikora is standing there and seemingly Ikora is also seeing and experiencing all of all of this this scene. Which... So that's ultimately what I'm getting at here. Is this scene possibly a flashback to fundament and and a and a retelling of uh or, or or like a reliving of these events through the eyes of savathun or some sort of memory of savathun well and that's that i think is going to be the distinction is are we reliving a memory of savathun one for one or are we seeing a retelling of what happened that's been edited and created by Savathun 
to match what she believes happened or what she thinks we should believe happened. Ooh. That's a, okay. All right. All right, you. Well, because I think that's an important distinction. It'd be very easy, even if Savathun figured out, like, yeah, the worm gods totally toasted our planet to get us to join them. It would probably benefit her agenda right now a lot more to show the Traveler causing this huge cataclysmic event and killing trillions because that's going to make Guardians question the Traveler. That's what I'm like. The... <laughs> it's so it's so mind blowing to me to see it from that side too. To to be like, well, this is all just a, a mind fuck game that she's playing. Like I. Okay, full full on prediction right now, right here. I don't think we're killing Savathun. Oh, I don't think so either. I don't think she's dying. I don't think in I don't think we're killing her. Nope. I don't think she's dying. I don't think we're taking the light from her. I don't think we're taking darkness from her. I I think that I, I fully believe that she is going to be the um we'll we'll call it the emissary for the hive for the coming battle of the, of the darkness. Like, I truly think that that's going to be a thing. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I, I don't have enough info to predict. And I, I, don't, I don't have enough of a gut feeling in a one direction to predict what she's going to end up as. But I will say I do not believe that we are going to kill her at the end of this expansion. I don't think, like, if, if anything, her death if it happens, I don't think it's going to come until at least Lightfall, personally. I think you're right. Uh, I, 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 am, I am still under the belief that I don't think her death is ever going to happen. But I, I am, I'm curious. So these sisters are a billion years old. Like We, already, we know for a fact that um, uh, the Taken King, Oryx, was, one, was at least a billion years old. We knew that is stated as a fact. So we can assume from that that because he's a billion, his sisters are also a billion. In a billion years of living with the worm, con- basically controlling her every, th- her every movement in life, not necessarily her thoughts or anything like that, but controlling her nature, has that nature now just become her natural nature? Is she just naturally a deceptive person? Well, remember, it's not when they were gifted the worms, it was not you must adhere to the worm's nature. It was you must adhere to your own nature to keep the worms alive. That's right. So that's right. Theoretically, she's always had she's that always tendency. And yeah. that's what that's why they gave her the worm that feeds on deceit. Uh, because she was that way already. Interesting. So, all right. Uh, moving on further into sorry, Island's video. That was that was a lot to that was a lot to kind of like shove into a single deal there and just be like boom. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's that's, right. that's super cool. I, um, I like these predictions. So, moving on in Mylan's video, I uh, he the question is asked: uh, Why didn't Le- the Leviathan kill the sisters? when it encountered them as they were diving in the needle ship down to where the, the worms ultimately were. Uh, and Mylan's answer is very similar to my answer. No fucking clue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you would think that it, it would have 
if if it was a you know guardsman or or you know some if it was meant to prevent uh people from getting to the worms getting to this cataclysmic darkness that it knows is going to cause this huge universe spanning uh you know death and destruction like why not just take them out um i don't really have a good answer for that we've theorized before that like the the leviathan and the light to some degree um emphasize free will emphasize the the ability to make your own choices even if they're poor ones uh and that's simply by we we kind of can can theorize we see that in game by the fact that the traveler has never intervened in anything we have ever done except when gall like turned into a light giant being of sorts yeah um that was the only time and went patooey yeah that was the only time that it like said all right had enough of this shit get out of here uh but not with crota killing thousands of guardians not with oryx you know invading with the taken and killing an entire you know almost all of the awoken uh not with savathun and the endless night uh you know being caused by the vex i never has the traveler intervened directly in any way i and and maybe traveler traveler may not be so good (laughs) well traveler may not be so good or it could be um it it could be the the again not to step on any religious toes here uh but there's a a certain sect of people that i have have talked to uh that have the the belief that like quote-unquote capital g gods greatest you know the gift that was given was the gift of free will whether we enlighten ourselves with it or doom ourselves with it is all on us and i kind of get the same vibe as far as how the travelers uh how the travelers like inaction uh could be taken absolutely no i i and and we've we've talked about this too in game that that there are religious the the factions are definitely a, a religious style of 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 what would you call that they they are there uh, there's definitely religious undertones in in all of the the yeah. factions um i mean especially the speaker when when the speaker was still around uh yep very much so you know led belief in the traveler in the same way that one would would lead belief in in a higher power um and uh now the one thing that that does kind of make me wonder with this and and i don't maybe debunks this theory a little bit is the fact that prior to uh you know present day destiny or or even prior to the collapse i guess it sounds like the traveler was an active force in the golden age of humanity and presumably the golden age of the elixni before us i uh, we have record of it of it literally giving technology of some sort to um i believe is the the ecumene 
the the gift yep. mast, which was a giant weapon yep. that was given to them by the traveler. Uh, so it is it has played an active role in the past. Uh, I don't know if it is decided that that's not the way to approach things and that's why it's being passive or if it if there's something else going on and it can't play an active role anymore i like both these theories i i I like the idea of it like i i I really do like the idea of it going well you know fuck that first idea didn't work i gave these people a a weapon and everything and then look what came for it and just said screw them so i i because i am not all-knowing all-benevolent thing I, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to sit in an action for a little bit and see what I can do, or see what what I what I have created uh, does. Like, and 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 from the traveler's point of view, that'd be you know I've created these ghosts, I've created the guardians, not created the guardians, I've created the ghosts, which is in therefore created the guardians. Uh, now let's see what that does, and I and I'm curious about that. I'm curious if that is if that is truly where um the travelers going with this and that's yeah i like i like that theory time will tell but uh but all that is to say that if if the nature of the light is to play a a passive role you know to to warn but not to uh take action against uh incorrect you know what it would consider incorrect decisions um then perhaps that would explain why the leviathan didn't didn't act out against the sisters. Uh, the other thing that struck me that we totally read when we were doing our, our books of sorrow series, but it didn't really like actually resonate with me didn't until register. I heard Mylan say it is just the okay. size of the Leviathan. Uh, oh yeah. That yeah. the, the continents of the krill would fit on its brow. Like, yeah. The thing is massive. Un, un, like, I don't even think we can draw a modern day comparison. Like larger than any whale that has ever existed. Uh, yeah. You know, if if we say like Australia is its eyebrow, then, you know, <laughs> it kind of gives you yeah. a, a, an idea yeah. of how large this thing must be. I, um, I think I like that analogy the best. Like it, if, if, if Australia would be its eyebrow, you know, that's, literally whole whole worlds can fit on this thing so that that also gives you a size of fundament right because mm-hmm. this thing was underneath fundament this was in the in the waters of fundament in the seas of fundament so yeah that's and and fundament yeah. is described as a gas giant with a layer of uh i don't think it's water but liquid um like almost all of it is liquid inside of the gas giant and the only bits of land these continents that exist are the remnants of these other planets that have been pulled down into fundament yeah so uh the next one that i think was really interesting i honestly never thought about it until it was mentioned here and it makes a lot of sense in my opinion um was mylon was asked is Callus the raid boss for Witch Queen? <laughs> I have been talking about this with Margie and and anyone I've come in contact to, with since listening to this video. And it makes a lot of sense for that to be the case, in I my opinion. I really, 
really like it and i and and not just i like it i like all of it i like the idea so when they bring it up they talk about how uh it is possibly a darkness infused or darkness infested callus like like and everything about it points to yes so do you, do you have some of the finer data points here myth um, so I, I just have some some spark notes that I took, but I think it makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons. Um, I say one that Callus says that in his initial interaction with the darkness, he was promised by the darkness to be the the herald of the end of the world, that he was going to be the one to tell everybody that, you know, the end is coming. Uh, the last thing on, on in not on earth the last thing in the in universe, the universe. Uh, additionally we know that he has done a lot of experimentation with the scorn and we know that the scorn enemies are at least in presumably in what we assume are the raid environments we've seen in the trailers yep. um i i 100 think it's a scorn based raid uh which would make sense because the raid is happening in the pyramid ship in Savathun's throne world. The scorn are purely of the darkness. Uh, and, you know, for the darkness to use them as its, its soldiers would, would make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. The, the last record we have of Callus was that he was trying to use the scorn as well as the Crown of Sorrow aboard the Glycon ship, which we explore in the Presage mission, uh, to, to establish a direct line of communication between him and the darkness. And yep. it more, more or less to, to lodge a complaint with them. Like, uh, <laughs> he... I, I like that. There's, there's no darkness HR that you could just be like, no. hey, bro. Um, I had a problem with my supervisor. He told me I would be the last living thing uh, at the end of the universe. And um, it seems like that's not necessarily going to be the case. So um, I, can, I, can, I just, can I just talk to someone? That's yeah. all I, I just want to talk. That's all I want to do. Yeah. So they, uh, they take the Glycon into the anomaly that exists where Mars used to be. And through the, one of their experiments, they're finally successful. The Glycon gets pulled into kind of another realm, another world, maybe the deep, the deep, the place. I think, I, th uh, I think the deep, the place. And when it gets teleported into that other realm, Callus just, it disappears. He's gone. No Completely one... blips out of nowhere. Like yep. there's literally no one has a clue where he has gone or what has happened to him. And his scions, the, the records from his scribes, uh, indicate that he established a connection with the darkness just prior to his disappearance and the ship being pulled in. Um, and he did that by like essentially murd you know using a bunch of scorn consciousnesses he like created a hive conscious between the scorn using the crown of sorrow uh and for it to be in the anomaly that used to be mars which is where 
the Witch Queen's taking place is confirmed to be on Mars, or at least there's there's part of it is on Mars. Um, it just a lot of things are lining up there for us to get some big bad darkness infused Callus as the raid boss who now has control over the Scorn. Yeah, I I yes, I think that I think that is one hundred percent what's happening there. Which I'm and totally I, here I for. I don't think it's. <laughs> I do, I don't think it's going to be Callus. I I I. Sorry, let me rephrase that. I don't. I think Callus will have either completely lost his mind, uh, or it it won't be. Um, it will be like uh, like what is left of the Callus body being inhabited by the darkness. Like he's I, been. Possessed I truly think of it. Versus being. I think it's. I think it's going to be a himself, full possession. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's going to be any part of. And then we're. I we're either going to do. We're going to do a couple of things. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of set the stage here and and make a little bit of predictions and, and from what I can remember from the past couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Keitel, Keitel is gonna be my main point of view with this. And um, and before you go on, it is confirmed that she play I, she plays a part in the seasonal content, uh, season of absolutely. the risen, um, and we get like cabal themed weapons and armor. In the expansion, yep. So and we've we've seen the, we've even seen scenes of of her in the hangar with yeah. Crow and yep. and 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 which the hangar is. Do we know where the helm actually is? Is it in the hangar? Uh, you can. I'm pretty sure you can see the hangar from the helm. So I think it's it's like above it in some fashion. Is is the okay? Is the helm a freaking Avengers style ship? That's a good question. Uh, I feel like if it was, we, we don't would even see know if it's it a real fucking somewhere. ship, right? Like you would see it, but I mean, maybe it's in like Hangar Bay thirty-seven, and we we're at like Hangar Bay five, right? Like it's way the fuck <laughs> down the line there, and we just I, can't see it from where we're at. I mean, whatever. Maybe. I I don't know. At anyway. this point in time, it's unclear. Right. Uh. So okay. So so Keitel, um, is the daughter of Callus, right, or the daughter of Gaul. Daughter of Callus. Daughter of Callus. Yeah. Direct lineage of Callus. Callus was exiled from his species. Uh, why? Uh, I know I'm going to make you so do research mid episode. Going back I never and, do that. and remembering, this is off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> Callus believed very much so when he was emperor in, uh, in revelry. And, you know, his, his whole grow, you know, grow fat with strength. Um, yep. Was, Opulence. Was a lot of, like, everyone, you know, the cabal people need to put down their militaristic ways and just, like, fucking enjoy the fact that they're alive. Yeah. Uh, however. Enjoy, enjoy the end of the world. However. He took that to Enjoy the end of the universe. Crazy extremes. Well, he didn't even know about the end of yeah. the universe at this time. Like this was just his general philosophy as an emperor before he ever met the darkness. Um, gotcha. Was that like life was meant to be enjoyed? Now, like I said, he took this to some crazy extremes. Uh, perfect example when he exiled. Uh, I forget his name, but the guy that became Gaul's like second in command and helped raise him and all that. Um, oh yeah, uh, um, uh, Doctor Waternoose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> when, <laughs> when he exiled him, 
I'm I'm googling that right now and double checking to make sure. I'm pretty sure we googled this last time, but I'm googling that to make sure that that is Doctor Water or Mister Waternoose. Uh, so yeah, go go ahead. So when keep, he keep when he exiled him, he didn't just he exiled him to the desert. He didn't just kick him out and go like, all right, go off into the desert. No, he held him for it was like weeks or even months while he ordered. Sla- like slaves or or sub you know his subjects to go pick every grain of sand that could be seen from the palace to the horizon so that when he exiled him it was just a perfect sea of white sand and nothing else no imperfections no blemishes because that was a a grander more uh i want to say celebratory but like that was a, a more pleasing way to exile this person for Callus. That's that's kind of janky. So and and it's not like he did this and like okay you know your your sand picking shift is done now let's move in the other crew no like he had people out there picking sand until they just fell over and died and then he would replace until them with died. a new group. So like yep, not not a good you know the whole revelry thing it is not necessarily a good thing. It wasn't just a party all the time. Uh, so he was, he, he had the, the common folk or, or at least the people that had to go pick sand, uh, that weren't terribly happy with him. And is this, is this his version of go touch grass? (laughs) Go pick some sand. Uh, go, go touch sand. (laughs) You've been playing, you've been playing freaking destiny way too long. Go touch sand. Yeah. See, Savathun tells Paul Tassi to go touch grass. Callus is going to tell him to go pick sand. We're just, yep. <laughs> just going to keep stacking up. Uh, That's what it is. But uh, so he's he has at least some some people there being forced into literal like death labor. Uh, and he has the other kind of hierarchy of the Cabal Empire that are unhappy with him because he's making them abandon their militaristic culture that they've had up till now. Uh, you know, it, it would be as if, you know, the, the leader of the, the Spartan city state um, saying like, Hey, guess what guys, we're not going to fight anymore. We're all just going to write poetry and drink wine, drink and drink wine and have our Roman orgies. <laughs> I don't know. I might, I might not be, Sparta's not Rome. Uh, I'm, I'm, oh, oh, oh. Hey, there's a, there's a lot of Greek connections going on here. Are we sure that Greek intern isn't working on this? <laughs> yeah, right? But so needless to say, he had a lot of unrest on both sides, and that is what ended up uh, forming a coup that then kicked him to the curb. Yeah, not, not Roman orgies. Nah, I don't know, man. That. If I had to, if I had to choose between fighting everything and sipping wine and orgies, I I I'm not gonna lie. I might choose sipping wine and orgies. I mean, you got to be lucky enough to be in the group that gets that as a choice, though, and not going to pick every. Oh, that's dark right. Grain I of sand. could be the sand picker. <laughs> oh, I could be one of the sand pickers. That's right. Ah, uh, damn. Those are my options. Yep. Pick sand or. Oh man, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't even get an option either. It's I'm either told to go pick sand, yep. or I'm told to go you have just, wine. You and just orgies. get what you get. 
Wow, that's that's kind of a shafty life. Maybe maybe Cabal aren't so good. Maybe this is uh well, you know, it I'm I'm assuming it's better now, hopefully. Uh Keitel seems like a somewhat competent leader, so Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So back to my theory of 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 why we think Callus is the um raid boss. Yes. Keitel com- Keitel comes in as as a essentially a consult. We we have we have proven to her that we are worthy. We have taken place in the so uh during the season of Chosen, uh Keitel shows up and is like, Hey, we see you're fighting the big bad hive. I'm not my father. I'm I, I don't look at the new ways. Um or I don't I don't I appreciate the old ways, but I don't think that they are the correct ways. I, I think that we can move forward as a species and live act and actually have alliances. Like there's no reason for us to war with somebody when there's a great bigger bat out there. You know, like we can still be a a a brute force type of people being the cabal and being this big bad, like, I'm strong, I'm Sparta, you know, oh, I've proven myself the gladiator of the ring. Um, though I feel like I keep getting Rome and Sparta mixed up. So maybe I'm just in the wrong uh greek roman history class so uh she so she so she comes in and says hey big bad baddie uh hives out there i want to form an alliance with you zavala says is famous no and we're just like what and then that whole thing happens right so she's so then kyle's like okay well if that's a no that's fine but you're going to have to prove yourself. Like I'm, I've got tons of champions coming up, trying to take the place of counts, trying to be my general, trying to be a seat at my war table. Right. Like as I'm trying to form this thing, that's going to happen. Like, I feel it, like there's, it's better to... there's an important distinction to be made here. Um, and, and that is not that she came to us and said like, Hey, hive or bad enemy of my enemy. Let's, let's team up and like kill this shit. Uh, All it right. was a, you're... Hey, Hive or bad, we have a common enemy. How about you just become my servants and That's do right. what I That's tell right. you? It was, it was less of a, it was less of a, a. Yeah, it, the 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 first. I keep forgetting that the first meeting was very much a. Be where my bitch is at, and Zavala <laughs> like I ain't your bitch, motherfucker. Yeah, no. Uh, I keep forgetting that. So yeah, so that's it. The second telling there is more what happened. Um, and so then we had to go through and we fought all of her, all these different uh, uh, named Cabal, um, and even all the way through the Proving Ground Strike, like through all the battlegrounds and through the Proving Ground Strike, we fought all these named Cabal. Um, and we finally get to the end and we're like, hey, we've proven ourselves. We have officially proven ourselves that we are worthy to be an equal of you, not a, not a lesser of you. We're not, we're, we, there's no reason for us to be a subservient race. And so then the then the scene where they Keitel says, Okay, let's let's you know, let's make the pact here then. And so she gets she gets her gilded blade and she cuts her hand and says, you know, let this be the last blood spilled here today over this matter. Essentially essentially acknowledging that there is a truce. There is a yeah. they, and, and I I don't want to call it a truce. It's 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 not a it's I don't want to call it a truce because I, I think of it's 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 actually more of a friendly maybe 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 truce is good truce truce implies that that it's going to break it's an armistice right? like like we're armistice is probably a better 
That's a better word. Thank you. See, this is why I have you. Um, I mean, that's the term you have the smarter words. So I just, I'm just well, using Well, God damn it. I want to <laughs> learn how to read then. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. So yeah, so arms, armistice happens. Um, and during this armistice, that's when the, uh, the, the scion in the rafters shoots the, shoots the, uh, um, light trapping um uh, technology at Zavala's ghost and then the other one that's holding the blade bringing it to Zavala pulls it out and starts to attack and and then the whole everything goes to shit crow's face is revealed and now we know it's Uldren and he's Uldren's the only one that doesn't know it's Uldren but everyone else in the tower knows it's Uldren which has this whole existential crisis thing at the end of season of the lost with Savathun telling him he's Uldren and showing him all or what we think he showed everything we don't know we don't have a clue what the hell she showed him didn't show him or like you know what is truth whatever uh so keitel is very much under the guy and and at the end of that keitel's like they like they everyone starts to reach for the guns and and go for keitel and she's like no i didn't order this she made it clear that there is still a splinter cell within the um Mm -hmm. cabal and 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 interesting enough a scion driven splinter cell inside the cabal which the scion are not technically cabal they are a subservient race that have been that i'm assuming have gone through the same rites of patches thing and lost and have now just been ingrained in cabal culture so i'm curious if there's not one of these scions that are like hey we used to be our own race why are we still under like we're so much smarter than these dumb brainy turtle guys like let's go make our own race again I'm curious if that's a thing that's happening. But needless to say, uh, Keitel um, has has acknowledged us as equals, has acknowledged the Guardians as equal, the entire human race as as equals, I I feel like. Um, So she's not... There's no true threat of her being like, ah, fuck those guys, we're going to attack them. Because it's very much like, like, this is an honor-bound thing. This This is cabal honor to be an equal with another thing um but if if it does it she she also knows like she was very interested in the information on the glycon as well like yeah. when we go through the whole glycon it's her and osusurus yeah it's her and osusurus just back and forth feeding us line after line after line like like mm-hmm. and and there's multiple li- i i I wish I could go back and like find all the dialogue and I'm sure somebody has them somewhere um, and just listen to like all of Callus's dialogue in order, then listen to all of uh, Osustris's dialogue in order, and then listen to the readings from the journal from the hunter that was on there, the shadow of Callus, uh, and listen to all of his readings in order, you know, cause it's, yeah. it's funny how the, the ship shifts, right? Like that's the whole reason why we have to climb through the ship where we like, we go up, we go down, we go around, we go in, we go out. Like the ship itself is shifting and the compartments that we are walking through should not be where they are. Yeah. That's the whole reason why we go through this, this big long puzzle before we get to the end and finally get to the, the main chamber there with the, with the shadow strung up with the darkness stuff. Um, but yeah, that's it. It, the fact that she, I even she acknowledges that Kyle is di- or that that Callus uh, has disappeared. And is there any point in time where she says, "Hey, I want to go find him"? Um, 
I mean, she she says, uh, I know for sure at the opening of the at least one of the weeks of the Glycon mission, um, she specifically says like, okay, I'm going to help you and provide support with you getting into the Glycon, but if you find Callus, he's mine. Uh, right. So she is actively like trying to search for him. I mean, that's why she's at the Glycon in the first place. Um, cause she right. is searching for him. She's trying to, uh, but I guess that's my question is why is she searching for him? I think... Does she want to kill him? Does she want to install him back in power? Does she no, want no, to no. ask him, Hey, what the fuck are you doing with the darkness? I think it's, but it's made pretty clear. I'd have to look up the exact dialogues, but she is not a fan. Like she, she doesn't want to install him back into power. She thinks he's a dangerous, like crazy person that's out there that is fracturing the cabal and she wants to put an end to him. Ooh. I like that theory. Well, obviously that's not theory, that's fact. That's yeah, I'm I'm Yeah, no. So she so she actively wants to find Callus and and, and put an into him a, a definitive into him, not just a hey, he's disappeared. Yeah. Like I know he's still out there. We need to put a stop to him because he's that dangerous person. Okay. So yeah. because of that, that's where I think um Keitel obviously has a role to play in this season uh and and with a little bit of wish queen and that's that's what's leading me to believe that that the i mean it again it's not one point of data that we're looking at here we're not saying oh well because it's on mars it's got to be callus because that's where the glycon was it's not oh they're darkness and they're scorn and scorn are inherently tied to darkness and callus was messing with darkness that's why it's it's all of these different data points that are pointing to cal a, a darkness infused uh callus is more than likely going to be the raid boss uh, or some major component of the season or the, or witch queen itself. So yeah. whether I, I, I like the idea of it being the raid boss, um, whether that is or isn't, don't know. Um, I think that would be a cool, uh, um, I, I don't want to say ending to his story, but I mean, that would be a, a, a really cool tie in to be like, Hey, this thing we've been talking about for six, seven months now, here it is. Deal with yeah. it. You know, like a definitive. I, I like that definitive idea there. Yeah. So. So. All right. There. There are a couple other things I had on Mylan's video. However, I feel like if we go into those, we're gonna not touch on any of the the collector's edition stuff. Um, well, real real quick. Uh, uh, what what are your other notes? We'll so, we'll shoot through those real quick. Yeah. Just just to be really quick. Uh, the other notes that I had are Mylan referred to a darkness hierarchy. Um, and what I found interesting was he seems to, uh, be of the opinion that the winnower and the entity are two separate things. Uh, yeah. whereas I am of the opinion that they are the same. Um, I'm half and half now because, because of that video, it's made me question it. I guess I could see, I, I could see it if they're two separate things. His, his hierarchy, if, if, as I recall, was, um, winnower and then entity, and then worm gods, and then everything you know, else. Yep. Um, yep. I'm kind of of the opinion that the winnower and the entity are the same thing, uh, just because it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to me that there's going to be an entity, and then there's also another thing above that that's like pulling the strings of the thing that's pulling right. the strings. Uh, I, I mean... It, it's well, one that's of something those that Sabathun brings up a little bit too. Of like, hey, you think this whole fight between light and dark is happening? 
there, there's a whole another battle out there that's that you're not even aware of. See now, and that is interesting. So, from that perspective, and this is kind of why I was <laughs> afraid of going into this question, but uh, I think Savathun's implying that there is not just a light and a dark. There is not just a winnower and a gardener. There is something that oversees even the winnower and the gardener. Uh, there is something oh that God. is not of light or of dark that is overseeing all of this that's going on. Final um, shape. What it, I mean, final shape is very heavily like geared towards the darkness's goals. So uh, unless they're just being cheeky with it and they're saying like the final shape is the final, you know, power in the universe. Uh, and they, they're intentionally misleading people by using the final shape as the, the title. Um, that's, but I, I, so, I mean, as as far as like a game development company of of a of a live uh game that has clearly gained a, a lot of followers it's hard to be able to say like this is the final bad guy yeah you know like you never want to just put all your chips on the table and go hey yeah we beat you know Sabathun's witch queen we beat that stuff the next one is is lightfall you know we deal with that stuff the next one is final shape we deal with that stuff end of game well so i mean to, they, to definitively say like they didn't say end right. of game. They didn't they say very end particularly of saga. said the end of the dark and light saga. Yep. Which implies so to that's, me that's, there's something greater than the dark and light. Yeah. Which would then lead into another big bad, big bad series of of stuff. Right. Uh, uh, so yeah. So yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna consider that question knocked out. Next question. The the next one is the final one. Um, and this is more of a statement than a, a question per se. Uh, Azticross had, had asked, like, what's up with Rasputin? Like, what, what's happened to him? Uh, we have, I feel like, discussed this before, certainly amongst ourselves, maybe not in an episode, but uh, Anna pulled what she could, which was a very small fraction, of Rasputin out of the, the systems on Mars and put him into an engram, and she's been spending all her time trying to get that bit of Rasputin into an exo and booted up and conscious. Uh, and 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 it's important to know that it's it's a very 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 minute fraction of him. Like it's if anything, it's like his main consciousness and none of his subroutines, none of yeah. his you know like not Charlemagne, none of that. Like his his ability to control war sats, all of that. Um, I know I just totally opened a can of words with Charlemagne, and I'm not going there. But <laughs> yes, we're gonna leave that. Uh, uh it's i think it's very important to know that it, it's just the um it's it's just the consciousness of Rasputin because when when during during the season of Rasputin um you know he he was showing it like when we were going to each of his bunkers there was a thing on the wall that was like the solar system and and it was a little little light model of the solar system and then as we're go as the season protect as the weeks went on these triangle ships these red dots kept getting closer and closer and closer and closer to the system and uh, even even towards the end, of that, like they had a little the little mini trailers where it was like you know Jupiter, and then this little triangle just slow this little triangle shadow just slowly comes over Jupiter's surface, right? Like we knew they were coming this whole time. And in season of arrivals, at the very beginning, there's a cutscene where Anna Bray she's 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 doing her thing with Rasputin in his in his Rasputin uh, uh, mind lab, and you know clicking away at stuff, and and this. It it shows a hologram of the darkness coming in and her activating every single now now this is important every single warsat 
surrounding whatever the nearest moon or whatever the nearest whatever was. She activated every single one of them. Or I say Rasputin, she told Rasputin to activate them, and he did. He fired every single war sat at this pyramid ship. And we saw something similar to that in a live event uh, when um, the Almighty was shot out of the sky. Rasputin shot that out of the sky, and that was a hell of a lot of firepower to shoot at that. So to think of that being fired at this darkness ship, and the darkness ship disappears. Like in the hologram, the darkness ship disappears. And then it reappears right next to it, and the entire moon and everything about it disappears. So it, it's... And, and then Rasputin gets shut off. Like, we don't know if that was... That, that's something that was never explained ever. Was, no, was the darkness... Did the darkness... I think infiltrate Rasputin. I think it's implied that the darkness is what shut him down. Um, okay, that's that was that was what I was kind of curious of too. Like, did did the darkness inherently, not inherently, did the darkness just shut him down? Did the darkness just like, nope, boop, fuck you, Rasputin. I'm the darkness. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. <laughs> uh, or was it like this happened and the and rasputin having been around since the other collapse since since the collapse of our time of the other time the pyramid ship showed up going shit i can't beat it the second time i couldn't beat it the first time screw it i'm saving power and i'm shutting down no like I, is that i don't think that's the case because it talks about anna um i think this was in one of the like uh lore and little like short stories they put up on twitter in between uh, yeah, seasons and stuff. For, during during arrivals. Uh, yep. Yeah, I think it was right before arrivals. Uh, they talk about Anna is like scrambling to try and get whatever she can of Rasputin, like recover it because he has the the darkness has attacked him in some way that he like they are losing him. Uh, yeah, and she's you know very desperately trying to. I think her ghost uh, Jinju um, is telling her like we need to go, we need to go, we need to go, and she's she's desperately trying to just gather as much data as she can of what used to be Rasputin into this engram. Tra- tra- I, so I have this, I have this, I have this in, in this uh, scene in my head of how this plays out. Like she's sitting here and she's got all these stacks of servers, right? And she's like, uh, let's see, this hard drive is good. Uh, transmat that. And she just like hucks it towards ghost and goes just <laughs> zoop, as it's being hucked at him, transmats to the ship. And he's like, but, but he like, but he like he like he does like the little like sidestep of it, right? Like trying to make it fly past him, but as it's flying past him, he transmats it. He's like, Anna, slow down. She's like, Nope, I need this one, I need this one, I need this whole blade. And, j- and she's just hucking parts, it goes, and he's just transmat, 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 transmat as fast as he can to her ship. And he's like, Anna, we have to go. And she's like, No, I gotta save, I gotta save, I gotta <laughs> save, I gotta save. Like that's 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 what played out in my head with that scene. Like I, I think that's more I, or I would less love to see it. The gist of it, yeah. Yeah. I would love but, to see uh, an artist's rendition of that, of just parts parts of servers and and hard drives being hucked at Jinju, and Jinju just like like side side we like bob, bobbing and weaving as he's transmatting <laughs> him up into up into her ship. Yeah, no, that that be that would be how Rasputin was saved. So to um, to close off is left Rasputin. To close off the Rasputin question. Uh, the the question that you know uh, Astrocross had was what's the deal with Rasputin? We just kind of explained the same thing that Mylan did. Uh, this little bit that I find interesting, Anna is in the boardroom in the trailers yep. with Zavala and Eris and us and everyone else. Uh, which maybe she's just there because this is a like all hands on deck, doesn't matter what the fuck you're doing, you get into this meeting kind of meeting. Uh, or, or maybe she finished and Rasputin is in an exo 
And if you watch that trailer, there are some very in 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 Avengers uh Endgame style, there are some very people-sized holes in the crowd. Oh, absolutely. That are in that that meeting room. They could have absolutely, absolutely edited a character out, I think, and and we won't, you know, we'll know once we actually have the the cutscene. But I would not we'll, be surprised. We'll, if, we'll know when we see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would not be surprised no, if there is an EXO that got edited out of uh, of the I marketing. Think, I think you're right. I I think you're right. I I think I think Bungie's getting very good at this at this. Uh, you know, hide our hide. It, I I would hate to play poker against Bungie because uh, <laughs> I feel like they would they would they 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 have they're very good at hiding like maybe maybe not po- like i could play poker i wouldn't want to play magic tricks against them you yeah. know like make a body disappear or you know saw somebody in half and they're just like okay porque no los dos um <laughs> and then you're just like wait what and then all of a sudden you're not there and your legs aren't there like okay um that's more of like a snuff film like we're gonna chop that's... you up and hide you in the desert style of disappearance but yeah, that's that's uh, a little different, but uh, let's a little different than a bungee editing magic trick there. <laughs> let's let's try and and steer ourselves back on course here, just in the the, the yes. nature of time, because if we do want to get to any of the collector stuff, we kind of have okay. to do it now. Um, yep. Okay. So collector stuff. Yep. So um, for as I stated at the beginning of the episode, yep. uh, I do not have mine, um, which I'm very bummed about. Uh, I have no type of tracking or anything for it either. I'm 99% sure that this is what happened, mainly because I I I didn't talk directly to Bungie, but I did look on Reddit and look for similar situations because I'm very much the person that's like I'm just trying to, you know, I don't want to bug someone when it when you know the day hasn't even come yet. So if it doesn't get here tomorrow, then I will start asking questions and and try to get a definitive answer. But when I ordered it. I also ordered Grimoire number two and a set of uh, earrings for my wife, uh, the little ghost earrings. And so what I'm assuming is happening happening, and what seems to be the consensus of what is happening, they are waiting for all three of those items to come together. And since I paid for shipping once, they are only going to ship it as a whole package. Which I'm a little annoyed at. Yeah, that's, that's a tad... But, Eh, but uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with lesson learned here and yeah. only order pre-order stuff by themselves um yeah. yeah but so i'm gonna be the only one that actually has physical items in front of me uh so everyone gets to see zor's reactions live uh well, yeah a, a recording of the live reaction yeah 24 hours later <laughs> um <laughs> But so this is final warning. Anyone that does not want spoilers for anything in the collectors, uh, I'm not going to be going through all of it. I'm just going to hit a couple yes, of key Don't items, um, probably like three or four entries. Uh, but Mrs. Sabaton. No. Uh, and <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to get started. This is your final warning. Go ahead and, and click off now if you don't want to be spoiled on this stuff. So, okay. Yeah. You click right off. Now, I'll go click off in my room. The one, the one thing, <laughs> the one thing that I I wasn't sure if you wanted me to read or not, I uh, is the letter. Um, it, I've I've since I have my headset on, I can listen to it being read, and my wife cannot hear it. So 
Yes. Read the letter. Okay. Go ahead and explain it. And 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 Margie, but my lovely wife is now giving me the most dirtiest look on the planet, and I am now starting to look for sharp objects to hide from her. <laughs> um. Well, well. So yes, go ahead and explain what this letter is. So, and what is in it and i will i will not repeat any of what is said out loud no uh so the collector's edition mostly involves uh pieces of lore or writing surrounding ikora ray uh very little of it is directly related to savathun or really anything that we're going to see in the witch queen a lot of it is all about ikora as a character and some of the things that she has been dealing with uh that we have not seen uh in in game and the letter that's included in the collector's edition is a letter from ikora to us the player or would you, the guardian would you say the things that have not been seen are hidden fuck you <laughs> <laughs> you see you see what i did there i see exactly what you did there and i hate it uh, I know. <laughs> so, this letter reads as such. Guardian, I hesitate. I am touched by doubt. We must speak clearly, but you can't talk precisely without knowing precisely who you're talking to. Think of everything we said to Osiris. I feel as if I know you. But have I ever allowed you to know me? I used to act as fast as I thought, and sometimes much faster. That's youth. Eventually, I made too many mistakes to ignore. That's youth, too. Ignoring your mistakes until they pile up and topple. I dug myself out. I learned to keep myself hidden. Hidden purpose. Hidden knowledge a hidden Ikora, and for the world a face of perfect composure and intent. Even when we lost the Traveler, I went to Io to hide my confusion. I am going to try to unhide myself. I may frighten or confuse you. I am not an easy person to know. This is a folio of intelligence which reports a folio of intelligence reports from my hidden network. It will illuminate the events leading up to the current. This the word looks like apocalypse. It's not apocalypse. Uh, I'm gonna skip it. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, to the leading. Apocalypsis, I think, is what it's saying. Um, in the original Greek, that word means unveiling and also revelation. Is that, did she say that or did you Google that? She, she said it in, in the letter. Uh, okay. So then there's, so then we know that the Greek intern, intern now works for, (laughs) yes, is, is a member of the hidden, uh, in the spirit of unveiling, I have also included fragments of my own personal writing about the nature of darkness and light. They are less the work of Ikora Ray, the great warlock vanguard, and more the work of Ikora Ray, the unfashioned and uncertain woman. In the early books of sorrow, Savathun scribbles a warning 
that Oryx's text is full of lies. Marasov's Hagography and Self-Indictment, the Marasena, warns the reader to remember that it is narrated in the first person, even and especially when it pretends to be objective. Truth is always edited by the truth-teller. I give you no such warning. This is the unaltered truth of what I know and who I am. May it bring you the clarity I have sought. Signed, Ikora Ray. And now that gets to live rent-free in my brain <laughs> until my thing shows up. Yep. And I want to scream. <laughs> but I am being shushed being by shushed. my lovely Mr. Calica. <laughs> So uh, I'm not going to read anywhere near all of the entries in uh, Ikora's journal that is included, um, but there are f- a couple of entries that I think are specifically relevant. I'm not even going to read all of the entries that I, that I do touch on, um, just kind of the relevant bits here. So this is a... Okay. What's that? No, I was, I was just saying okay. Okay. So this is a hidden... R- r- uh, okay, well, actually, real quick. Yeah. Um, I want to ask it. No, nope, nope. You read you. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to ask, like, everything. I'm like, okay, go for me line by line. Like, what? I want an itemized list of what comes in this thing and a full description of each thing so I can imagine it in my brain and draw pictures of it in my sleep. I, but no. I will be I will happy get to, to do that for you off camera off microphone uh off off microfamicone yeah we we can do that afterwards uh because i know you're itching to know some of this i am i i i'm i'm being hopeful right now i'm i'm trying not to go down that road that i always go down of this woe is me and the world is shit and it's all out to get me yeah but but uh, it's that's hard no i get it i do this will be a little te- teaser for you. A little taste. For those of you out there that do have uh, mental health issues, uh, know that you're not alone. We're, we're, all, we're all here. We're all in this thing together. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. So the first entry we're going to read is a, a hidden report, a report from a hidden agent. Uh, that agent's designation is CHA319. Um, CHA. Oh, I'm not supposed to say stuff. Oh, I said something. <laughs> uh, who I believe. Um, they. What? What? So CHA319 is a hunter. Uh, and we actually know which hunter. Um, I was going to say, I think I know that thing and stuff and i'm not allowed to talk because you're not allowed to talk yes uh i will talk in code three five eight seven one two yes those those are those are numbers uh i believe it is the uh dragon shadow that's right um so the the dragon shadow uh exotic chess piece um is narrated from calco young cha uh, okay. who is a member of Ikora's Hidden. 
so it reads as such. And again, I'm I'm cutting some bits out in the, the nature of time here. Uh, I've completed my ethnographic survey of interactant unpaired ghosts who prefer intra-ghost interactions. It'll make a neat paper. As a cover story, it was pretty good. These ghosts tend to be thoughtful and introverted, so like most introverts, they respond well to people who are interested in their thoughts. And they seem to find it very self-affirming to dislike me. I guess it's nice to confirm you still prefer yourself to other people. These introverted ghosts spend a lot of time hovering in circles philosophizing. The longer they've been away from people, sorry, human people, ghosts are people too, the less they care about hovering at head height or facing each other when they talk. After a few months, they'll just scatter around a space facing every which way, like they're each posing for a photo. Then, when they're not talking, I get the feeling that they're just sensing the same way they can divine the character of a long-dead corpse. Whatever you want to call that faculty, they're using it. Uh, These ghosts without guardians argue about two things. One is the exact nature of their connection to their undiscovered guardian. Is each ghost predestined to find one and exactly one soul to raise as a guardian? Or does each ghost have a taste, a set of preferences that many people could satisfy? Could a ghost potentially raise anyone? Does the choice of a partner lie within the ghost, or is it a mission assigned by the traveler? They also argue over how one should interact with their chosen guardian. Should ghosts accede to whatever their partner demands, or is a ghost's relationship with a guardian a negotiated bond between equals and codependents? Heavy stuff. But I guess it's the same argument people have about their interperson relationships. Is there such a thing as true love, or just the love we decide we're going to make work? Uh, skipping Dude, this a few is deep. entries here. Uh, well, real quick, I do want to. I'm and Mar, you can yell at me for this. I don't care. Uh, the thought of a ghost just laying out for a picture made me think of like, draw me <laughs> one of your French girls, Jack. <laughs> right. <laughs> And uh, I want I want ghost dudes now. Although it's it's very interesting to think that ghost... don't even think for a second I'm not going to rule thirty four <laughs> ghost and see what the hell comes up. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. Uh, I I won't share. I will just do. <laughs> that's fine. Keep all of that to yourself. Um, yes. <laughs> it is interesting to think that ghosts, though, when they're when they're away from humans like stop doing things like talking at face height because it does it doesn't matter yeah. anymore doesn't matter um, they, they can talk it at, at at elevator height they could talk at building height they don't they care. Be wherever they want uh yeah so just like little little things like that that they just stop doing which is kind of interesting um so i'm, I'm skipping a number of, of paragraphs discussing the relationship between ikora and and chelko uh but it seems like they are, at the very least, very good friends. Yep. Uh, the last paragraph of this. Can't end on nine paragraphs. That's too spooky. I noticed that one <laughs> common thread <laughs> among these unpaired ghosts... <laughs> Sorry. <That> just... What? <laughs> I know. I, I don't know if there's a superstition about that or, or what. Is it because uh, of the nine? Like Maybe so. 
That uh, that actually that's, that's, that's probably funny. what it is. Uh, that's funny. I noticed one common thread among these unpaired ghosts. They really like the books of sorrow. Ever since Eris deciphered the calcified fragments, guardians have been fascinated by the history of the hive. But these ghosts, I don't think it's a fascination. I think it's pity. They see the hive as an exploited underclass, for goodness sake. Victims of a cosmic parasite that tricked the poor krill into eternal slavery. No wonder they haven't found their guardians. They don't want to help anyone kill hive. But this is troubling, isn't it? Because if ghosts can decide that they have moral qualms with raising guardians, and if they can convince other ghosts to follow suit, we're going to need a program of counter-persuasion. We'll have to start keeping an eye on the morale and loyalty of our own ghosts. This way lies a terrible future. Goddamn. And Zor can't talk about it. <laughs> Sweets, can I can I persuade you to like go away? No. <laughs> oh my god, like all right. You know what's happening, right? I mean, there there's a lot of things that are probably happening right now. Uh but in, in relation the humanizing, to humanizing the humanizing of the enemy. Yes. Yes, they're feeling pity for them because they see them as a as being a race that was taken advantage of by the worms. And they're not necessarily wrong, but Right. Yeah, the does that mean that we shouldn't be shooting back when they shoot at us? Like they they have destroyed l- literal God damn it. literal solar systems of other species. Like I think any any chance at redemption is is gone at this point. God damn it. <laughs> they are literally humanizing the enemy and this is all right, now now I have even more definitive thoughts that mm-hmm. I can't voice because somebody I love else my is wife. <laughs> I have to keep reminding myself that I love my wife. No. <laughs> okay, so the- I really I really hope everyone from the everyone can hear that in the background of I'm going to kill you anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to save you some time, people. If I don't show up tomorrow, we, Mystic we Penguin did it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so th- this one might be a little safer to discuss. Okay. Uh, because it's about things that are already in the game. Um, okay. This is another uh, hidden uh, report. Um, this time the agent is TRU-135, uh, which I do not know off the top of my head who that is re- in reference to. Say say it again. Uh, T R U one three five. Then ring a bell. Yeah. They, I mean, usually the first three letters are are the first three of their name, but pretty yeah. telling. Yeah. 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 So, um, this one is interesting in a number of ways. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try and paraphrase. There's. So there's a section that's the the hidden agent talking about their observations, um, specifically about stasis. 
And then there's their ghost talking about their observations about stasis, but their ghost is talking about it in the same way that you would be talking to like an astrophysicist about something that they're really passionate about. Uh, where sure, like on a very, very highly technical yeah. understanding of what you're of what is being discussed. Yes. Um. So I may not go into that bit, or or just try and pull out a couple interesting tidbits here and there that are understandable. Um. But the gist of it comes from the Guardian. It goes, all right, here are my observations on the use of stasis. The virulence of stasis against other guardians has generally decreased. Withering blade doesn't bite so deep or freeze so solid. Glacial quake <laughs> won't catch so many cold-footed. Now, why hold is on. this? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They're canonizing the stasis nerfs is what they're doing. Is that what's happening? That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Now, Continue. Now, why is this? Partly, I reckon, that Guardians have For some learned... facts reason. <laughs> that actually, it's good. Uh, partly, I reckon, <laughs> that Guardians have learned to counteract the effects of stasis with their own light. Heat, uh, heat what's cold and whatnot. But the experimentalists out there mutter that stasis has a mind of its own, which is strange, right? Because they all insist that the darkness comes from within us. That it's part of them, some residue of the Cambrian explosion or whatever. The real darkness was inside us all along. Which is it? Is the darkness in all of us, or has it got a mind of its own? We need to answer that question. Let's say they're right, and stasis has in some way changed itself. Why would stasis weaken its effect against other guardians? I'll tell you exactly why. The same reason a virus evolves a strain that won't kill its host. People were turning against stasis, didn't like what it was doing to their crucible. So stasis made itself nicer, so, we'd keep, so we would keep using it. If stasis was better than what the Traveler gave us, we wouldn't be able to accept it as just another colorful species of whoop-ass. We might get scared of it. But this way, it's nice and balanced. Everything kept in proper <laughs> balance. And doesn't balance sound like a goal we're striving for? Now you asked me to keep an eye out for signs of cruelty among stasis users, but it strikes me there's a problem there. In the old days, we would call it statistical comor- comorbidity. But maybe you fancy warlocks have some deeper understanding of synchronicity or hidden concordance or whatnot. But I, what I mean is, can we tell if stasis makes people cruel or reckless or, in the best cases, very bold? I see stasis users who shouldn't have any kind of power, never mind stasis. And I see decent guardians who took to stasis as an urgent necessity. It's the old question about Thorn. Was Dredgen Yor corrupted by his weapon? Or did he just need an excuse? Maybe stasis really is just a tool. Maybe the only moral valiance it has is what it is what we bring to it. Uh, They just they just canonized stasis nerfs. Yep. Uh, I find that hilarious. This genuinely hilarious. Like 
So I I think it's it, I think it's awesome personally that they're doing that. I think it's really cool how they did it. This yeah. This last paragraph though is kind of terrifying for the implications. Um so uh, he says Now I do know something about viruses from my frontier medicine days. I know that gentler strains of a virus have a competitive advantage if they keep their host alive long enough to jump to a new one. So we can imagine stasis as a virus, maybe even a virus with a purpose, limiting its virulence so as to get at the rest of us. But we've got to remember that a virus only evolves to go easy on its host when that makes it more successful. It's a myth that all disease evolved to coexist peacefully with us. A virus will crank up its lethality to 99% so long as that viciousness also lets it reach a new host. If a virus could make people explode like rotten balloons and infect everything nearby, it would do it. Viruses don't give a damn for anything except making more of themselves. They certainly don't give a damn for their own long-term viability. They're too stupid to think that far in advance. So keep that in mind when it comes to assessing the safety of stasis. After all, it is a power that we use to explode each other like rotten balloons. And keep in mind also that a virus isn't evil. It just wants to exist. If there really is a distinction between stasis as a power and the voice in those ships, if one can be separated from the other, then maybe stasis isn't intrinsically corrupting. Or maybe it is corrupting, but only when it's tied to the voice behind it. Maybe we can rest it free. Who knows? Not me. Truce out. Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, that's, that is deep. Yeah. That is, that is genuinely deep. And I want to talk about it, but I'm being kicked in the nutsack at the moment. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. I, I hope this thing shows up tomorrow so I can share all this with, I hope with it my does lovely. Too. I really do. I really do. Like so it, Yeah. Yeah. And I, I am just scratching the surface here. Then there's still so much left to discover in this. Uh these are just kind of the the most directly relevant to what's going on uh, right now. Um, oh my God. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's, uh, we're going to cut this one just a little bit short uh, because this is kind of a, unless we have any more that's super, super relevant out of the collection no. edition. No, 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 none of the other stories that are like, we can directly apply them to, to what we're seeing in game right now. There's plenty of other fun, fun little things. Uh, Oh, absolutely. There's, there's a few... They always have cool little puzzles and stuff. Yeah, there's a few, uh, there's a few confirmations. I I feel or or very strong <laughs> evidence towards some of our our theories on things. Theories. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, that that's that's you know the the rest of it. I won't okay, I won't say so the rest of it's fluff, uh, but not not official important. predictions here at the end of the episode. Uh, Callus is the raid boss, or a darkness infused Callus is the raid boss. We don't kill Savathun. Um, Hive aren't so bad. <laughs> uh, my official predictions are much in line with yours. Um, I think Callus is at, at this point. Callus is the raid boss. 
I don't think we will kill Savathun. Um, the Hive are still a bunch of dicks, and we should blow them up. <laughs> eh. Maybe curse thrall their dicks. Like, <laughs> what an acolyte. I mean, have you ever sat down and had a tea with an acolyte or, or, or you know, a sparring match with a knight? You know, I've like, never had the chance because they're trying to blow my head off. I'll give you that one. I will give you that one. <laughs> but what if, what if not? What if they didn't? Well, what, if they, what if they were friends just like us? Well, presumably the ones that have the choice are the ones that aren't beholden to the worms and the need for slaughter anymore, which would be the Lucent Brood. And they're still trying to kill us by all accounts that we've seen thus far. So, you know what? Now, are they trying to kill us or are they just being told to kill us? Told by Sabbath. What is, what is truth? <laughs> yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All all of that. Twilight Zone entering. All right. Uh well then uh uh well I guess I'll I'll start thank yous then. Um All right. All right so this is going to be so I'm changing up my thank yous uh because I have a tendency to thank Savathun for more than everything or thank her for literally everything. I'm going to do this a little bit differently now. Uh so I'm I'm only going to do one thank you an episode uh, because I feel like I'm giving these things out way too freely, uh, mainly to Sabathun. Uh, because let's face it, Sabathun is Sabathun is Sabathic. Uh, all right. So this thank you is a thank you to content creators as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are there are many of us out there. Um, obviously, Myth and I are, are two of them. Uh, Which we is put, weird we put to ourselves... say. <laughs> right. Like, Myth and I never thought of ourselves as content creators. We, we, I checked the stats last night. We're at, we're at almost 4K downloads. That's genuinely mind-blowing. So, I, I'm going to end up giving two thank yous out tonight. Um, so, so... When I when I think of other content creators and and I have a few of my personal favorites, the ones that I go to frequently. Um, Astacross is one of them. Uh, absolutely phenomenal guy uh, to talk about stats and 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 every everything PvP related. Um, he's starting to get that lore itch in him uh, from what I've seen from his more recent videos and and of course his talk with Mylan Games. So he's he's that that lore that lore bug is has bitten him somewhere. So yeah, uh, cool for that. Um, uh fallout fallout plays uh i i really enjoy um his perspective on things and he he does a really good job of of breaking things down into a multiple data point uh um uh, informational show so so yeah so thank you to to both of you content creators Azcross and uh fallout um and then there's the lore side of it um the one that you know everyone knows. My name is Bife. He's he's probably been like the most prominent. Uh, we mentioned him at the beginning of the show, and and I'm mentioning him here, him here again. Uh, he is an absolutely fantastic person. Uh, I know he struggles with demons. He's talked about it openly, and that's I I think that's good. I think that's good to be able to discuss your inner demons uh, in the open uh, and to try to remove the stigmatism around it because I anyone that does have have inner demons and 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 i've struggled with them a lot to 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 internalize it and and keep it to yourself is is it sucks 
and it and doesn't it's not healthy it doesn't help anyone um so yeah i i i as far as a a lore person um a go-to lore person i i typically look at at my name is bife and i and i love his videos um uh and then more recently um i've been introduced to mylan games and finding out how much work he has actually put into to the lore stuff is holy shit so thank you uh content creators uh specifically this episode i am thanking mylan games uh my name is bife Ascross, uh fallout plays and i am horrible with names and i forget the 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 other one that was in with um mylan and Ascross. Uh, noja 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 i will come check out your channel uh so yeah uh myth oh oh second thank you i said i was going to give out two uh the one is the one is kind of like a grouping one this this other one is a grouping one as well so uh and this is the other half of, of that equation without followers without people to listen without people to 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 drive us forward we're just we're just two dudes talking to each other what makes us content creators is that we put it out there and that people want to listen to it and that you guys are actively listening to it and we fucking love that we absolutely love every single one of you that are that are downloading this and listening to it on a weekly basis and are looking for more stuff. Uh, don't worry, we've got it coming. Um, I'm going to give a quick uh, uh, preview of what's coming. Uh, so, so thank you, all of our followers uh, and all of our listeners. We really, really appreciate you guys. So next week, uh, Miss and I are going to plan on covering uh, some of the lore implications of the first week of of destiny uh or of witch queen uh and then the raid comes out uh march 5th which is uh that following weekend uh so then of course there will be lore implications from the raid uh and myth and i we we are part of a six-man team uh we are going to day one raid it uh we're gonna we've set a time time aside for it and uh that next week we'll be discussing some of the lore implications of that or you know more more like what myth was saying like a surface level like hey this is where we saw it coming this is where we see it going type thing yeah uh and then after that uh we 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 are gonna do another deep dive into a set of lore books so yeah uh myth you got anything else for this episode then uh the only other thing that i was gonna include um is just a little heads up we I don't know that we've talked about this on air before, but we are planning to bring all of our episodes that are currently available on Podbean and in the future uh, to YouTube. Uh, Yay! It, there's not going to be media source. Yeah, there's not there's not really going to be much. It's still going to be podcast that's audio only. There's not going to be you know face cams or anything like like some other podcasts have. Uh, We'll have some B-roll footage in the background, but just to give people an opportunity to interact with us on a different platform. Some people prefer YouTube uh, for their podcasting versus going through uh, you know, Spotify or one of those services. So just branching out, giving more options for, for people to connect. Uh, yeah. So look for that to be coming um, soon here, soon. maybe yeah. in the next week or two, but uh, we'll we'll do a little shout out when when it's live as well hell yeah all righty well then from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there we'll see you next week <laughs>